So today we have with us acclaimed musician Rhea Drakes. Rhea, welcome to Sea Grapes. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you very much for having me. Rhea, you are, can we call you St. Lucian, Bajan, a bit of both? <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> That's correct. I was born in uh, St. Lucia, but my, my mom's Bajan and my dad's St. Lucia. Oh, very nice. Okay. And you spent most of your time in Barbados? Uh, right now, about half and half. Um, my formative years in St. Lucia. And uh, the last few years, uh, right here in Barbados. Oh, gosh. Okay. So I won't put you on the spot and ask you where you prefer. <laughs> We're just happy to have you here with us in Barbados today. Yes. Thank you so much. Okay. So kicking things off, um, Lionel and I have been totally blown away by your music. So we just kind of were so excited to have you here and wanted to hear a bit about you know, how did you get started um, before we kind of delve into your Christmas album. Okay. Well, thanks. I'm very humbled uh, by your kind words. No, don't be. This is the uh, Christmas album is a brilliant piece of work. I enjoy it myself on a daily basis. <laughs> Thank you very much. Doesn't matter the time of year. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's how I feel about Christmas generally. <laughs> <laughs> so, when did you get like? Have you always been? Does music run in your family? Have you always been a musician? Uh, pretty much. Um, I think when I was around seven or eight, I was gravitated, well, I had gravitated towards music. Um, you know, I was interested in a lot of other things, but uh, music for me was, I suppose, magnetic. And uh, my parents, they realized that very early on and tried to harness it by buying a piano and taking me to piano lessons. So it was always something that I wanted to do. Interestingly enough, though, my parents had bought a piano for my older brother who played it maybe for a year or so, and uh, he wasn't very interested in it at the time. And I would beg him to teach me the few songs he knew from piano lessons. And I ended up just playing the piano more often than he did. And uh, the rest is history, as they say. Oh, wow. Okay. So we are indebted to your brother. <laughs> <laughs> Most certainly. <laughs> and so then did you, did you pursue, pursue music? As a, did you study music? Or is this just natural talent that you just fostered on the side? Well, I consider it a gift. I don't know how to adequately express uh, how I play and why I do what I do. Um, I think it's just a gift. Because uh, before I went to piano lessons, I was playing all sorts of stuff. And, you know, once I could hear it in my head, I, could, I figured out that I could just easily execute it. And uh, when I was about nine or so, my parents had introduced me to a piano teacher, Lucella James. And she recently passed away, but I am so grateful to her because when my parents approached her about lessons, she was full. And she said, well, you know, I couldn't take any more students. And my father said, okay, just listen to her play. Just listen to her play. And then you can make a decision. And um, after I played, she was like, can you bring her next week? And I, I just never looked back. Excellent. Excellent. Oh, gosh. Yeah, that's a beautiful story. And our condolences. So when did you start... I mean, what, what was your first performance like? Well, I started playing in church. I grew up in the church, um, so I was playing a lot of hymns. At the time, a lot of pop tunes and, you know, creating my own little songs, um, but not composing like any brilliant pieces or, or bodies of work. Uh, but definitely in the church, playing hymns and uh, 
that type of stuff. And as I got older, I started to gravitate towards different genres, different styles. So I became more interested in jazz music and um, French Caribbean music, pop music, classical music. Okay, so is jazz then, can we say that's your, in terms of your favorite genre, it would be jazz? I love jazz. Um, you know, as an artist, you feel very free to express yourself um, with it because you're basically creating exist well, creating new melodies over existing melodies or um, canvases. So I love jazz, but I appreciate all types of music, to be honest. Well said. I think Lionel can agree because jazz, he loves jazz as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I certainly do. I, I don't play the piano like you, uh, but I tried <laughs> many years ago. And so, Rhea, you're a pianist, composer, and versatile instrumentalist. I've seen this in your bio. So what instruments do you play, and do you compose all of your music? Okay, so competently, I can play the piano. I, I don't brag about the other instruments. <laughs> but I will say that um, I've played a little guitar, a little bass guitar, um, organ, drums, saxophone started learning um, flute and um, cornet. So, Oh my gosh, I can I can proudly say that I played the recorder <laughs> in school. <laughs> and the recorder too. <laughs> and I had a, a brief, a brief dabble with the piano, but I'm sure nowhere near your level of success. Oh, that's fantastic. And so I know you I know you've performed at various jazz festivals across the region even. When did you start? I mean, you, you talked about your first performances being in church. When did you start actually doing like uh, performances for the general public or, you know, performing at music festivals or anything like that? When when did you get into that? Uh, certainly in my teenage years. Um, but in terms of like festival and main stage performances, um, I was probably in my early 20s. And um, I was very fortunate to have been able to perform with Luther Francois from St. Lucia, who I call a, a gentle giant. Um, he's just a library, a wealth of knowledge and music. And what I really appreciated about Luther is his willingness to always support young talent and um, always give us a platform and, and a safe space to really explore music. So... I've been fortunate to do some overseas events with him. Um, I've been very fortunate to have been home and perform at St. Lucia Jazz um, numerous times. Oh, that's well, fantastic. Let me just tell you that I've had the privilege of being a plane. This Luther Francois is indeed uh, an opportunity that I'm sure that you have benefited from for years. Indeed. And, Hi. you know, every time you play with him, you learn something, not just within the musical sphere, but life. Yeah. You know, he's a, a human being and um, I would say a perfectionist. He knows what sounds good. He knows how to motivate you to get you to that point. Um, and, he, and he takes su such diligence in how he creates sound. I think that's phenomenal. He doesn't just uh, play notes or play music. You know, and that is to... evident from his live performances because every time I've heard him, I've learned something new. Yeah, certainly. Very highly underrated regionally, but highly respected everywhere. Yeah, that's for sure. 
My gosh. Okay. Sounds like quite a journey. And from, I guess, from the region, you've also performed in the U.S. and Canada yes. and other parts of the world. Yes, that's correct. My gosh, Ria, that's fantastic. So then how did, okay, I mean, coming from a brilliant background, you've been playing for the last however many years. I won't age you. Why a Christmas album? Well, to be honest with you, Christmas is really my favorite time of the year, <laughs> you know. And uh, it's a time where you feel such joy and um, happiness. And, you know, it's just about making people feel good. And that's where my mind went. Interestingly enough, though, Carl, I, I will say, uh, before I recorded the Christmas album, I actually recorded several pieces of um, music with the same Luther Francois, um, both original material and some covers. But my heart wasn't set on releasing those just yet. And I think at the time I was just in the Christmas mood and I was like, you know what, let me re release an album. Maybe this would be like a trial run and see how things go. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. So you kind of put those one side, save those for a special occasion and said, let me, do, let, me do, let me bring Christmas and do Christmas first. Yeah, yeah. They're in an archive, <laughs> safely stored away. <laughs> let, let me oh, make wow. a comment on that. I think it was a very brave thing to do because people see simplicity in Christmas music because you hear it and you've heard it all of your life. But if you make a mistake as you are recording or playing Christmas music, it is picked up immediately. So in a sense, it's in, depending on how you look at it, it could be more risky doing Christmas first as opposed to another discipline. And I'll, I will add to that, um, it requires more discipline. Um, if you listen to all the, the, the great musicians, uh, whether they were um, classical musicians or jazz or pop singers, Christmas music is just Christmas music. There's a certain level of restraint that they've shown in, in the execution. So I do agree with you there. Yeah, it's, it's, it's unique. It doesn't apply to you because certainly your album is one of my favorite Christmas albums. Thank you very much. And is that the name? Is that the reason you talk about the the feeling of Christmas? Is that why you named it Christmas Joy? Yeah, for, for sure. Um, when I listened, actually, the album, the name of the album came after the recording, and when I played back the tracks and whatnot, and you know, just listened to each of them, that's how I felt. You know, I, I felt like I was transported into a different place. I didn't have any cares. I didn't have any concerns. And I think that's what Christmas does, or should do, anyhow. Yeah. That Christmas album is really a joyful experience. You know, when I conceptualized it, I wanted to be able to take the listeners on a journey. And, and for me, anytime I'm producing or, or creating music, I put myself in the shoes of the average person. If I'm sitting in a hall somewhere, what would I want to hear? What would I want to feel? What emotions would... You know, I want to experience and, you know, all the arrangements were created with that in mind. How do you reach the listener? How do you make them feel? And in terms of planning that album then, Rio, what, how long did that take you? Oh, well, uh, a few weeks, really. <laughs> <laughs> 
A few weeks. Um, I think at the end of September, I was uh, intent on doing the album. I had given myself a deadline. I was like, Ria, you're going to do this album. And um, in October, we had recorded. And uh, by November, the album was uh, completed. And, uh, you know, we had the uh, album launch. That seems like a short time frame. That's amazing. Yes, it was. It really was. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it must have been very rigorous, but that's, that's yeah. Yeah, I, I'm, look, I'm so blessed to have had the uh, level of musicianship I had on, on the project. I mean, we recorded all the tracks in 12 hours. Uh, we were on a budget, and we needed to just go in and get it done. And most people said, oh, you know, you can't really do an album of 10 or so tracks in, in 12 hours. You needed more time. And I was like, no, no, no. We'll get it done. <laughs> wow, so I think we need to emphasize that. I cannot believe that you recorded yeah. a full album in That's 12 amazing. hours. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Well, that speaks to your abilities, your skill, your talent. Thank you very so, much. Congratulations from Sea Grapes. <laughs> Thank you. And do you have a favorite track? I mean, I know, obviously, you must feel like the whole thing is your heart, you know, the, you know, the idea of taking the listener on a journey. But is there one track in particular that speaks to you? Oh, I, I absolutely love Carol of the Bells. I think that's, if I had to choose a favorite one, I would have to say Carol of the Bells. It's such a timeless um, song. And uh, I think the interplay between the musicians, it really stands out to me. Um, I think also the, the sound of uh, the song it just takes you there, you know. Um, I've been very fortunate, as I said, to have played with um, musicians Neil Newton, Petra Welch, and Gary Goodrich um, on that particular track. So I think it was just an amazing experience. So a special note to everyone listening, that's the track to listen to. I mean, you have to listen to the whole album, but pay particular <laughs> attention to that one. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> If you ask me for my favorites, though, definitely Carol of the Bells, Deck the Halls. Like This Christmas. Actually, my cousin Peter sang on This Christmas. I like um, also Carla's favorite uh, song. Yep. Christmas Nightmare with Jesus of Man's Desire. My yeah. Bach. Bach actually is my, my favorite favorite baroque classical so i feel so i must confess i really wanted to touch on that and i wanted to say charlie brown <laughs> because <laughs> i knew it was christmas time i'm just like is the song christmas time is it christmas yeah, time christmas is here is, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> thank you very much for allowing us to play a piece of it so. that's absolutely great you, you know what's interesting? Mariah Carey in her, her first album, I can't remember it was, if it was her first Christmas album or her second Christmas album, but she does Christmas Time is here with the other song from Charlie Brown. I think it's Linus and... Is it Linus and Lucy? Yes. And then she goes into Christmas Time is here, and I thought, oh, that's all nice and, and good. But I, <laughs> I, I felt like I wanted to do this ode to Bach, you know? <laughs> yes, yes. There are so many things, like when I sat down and thought about the album, that I wanted the, the, the listeners to feel. You know, you have the, the moments of excitement and the up-tempo songs, but just in those quiet, reflective songs, like oh, Christmas Tree or uh, the Christmas song, 
What does Christmas mean to you? What do you take away from it? Forget all the shopping and yeah. all of that. What does it really mean to you? So I love that, that you wanted the, you know, what does Christmas mean to you? So you have the up-tempo and then you have the reflective songs. and Because I feel like Christmas is so emotional. It brings out like every emotion. All the good ones, I mean. Yeah, and the other thing too about the album, we didn't do a lot of fancy studio stuff. If you listen to, to the album, you'll clearly hear piano, bass, and drums. We didn't double, we didn't use any fancy tones or have like 20-something tracks for an engineer. It was just like old school recording. And that that was exactly what I was going for. Something. And that is exactly how it sounds. Yes. It's musicians playing music. You have vocals at the appropriate sounds and the appropriate times. But it's musicians playing their instruments. Yeah. And that's probably why I like it so much. There's... There's nothing in, no artificial anything in the background coming in to augment anything. It's just musicians playing music. Yeah, and I'll tell you something, right? Holly, if if you um, do you like Adele's music? Yes. You know, people rave. You know Adele's music. I I absolutely adore her music and 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 her as an artist. And when I always listen to Adele. I can just hear a piano and voice. Yeah. I see 20 or 30 different dances with all, you know, the backdrop and fancy stuff happening there and a whole 20-piece band. I just hear her, you know, and, and for me, that's what music should always be. She just hits you at the core. She just be, you know, very simple and uh, convey what it needs to convey. You don't need 20 different instruments to do that. I agree with you because even her her concert the other day, I thought that I actually had that thought in that it's her, it's you and you're listening to her. But that's so you're sense. right. There, there's there's power in it because <laughs> there's a time for everything. There's a time to to be bold and grand and have all of the orchestration and the singers and you know there's a time for that. And then so it's just a time to be reflective. I've look when I was putting the album together, I listened to so many different Christmas albums of all the greats. And the common theme running through each and every one of them was the simplicity. You had a, mm. a genius in Oscar Peterson and when you hear him play a Christmas song, you're like, wow. You know, just the elegance of it. The class. The purity. There's nothing, yeah, there's nothing better than that. It, it, you know, he, he, he didn't need to play a million different runs, although he could. And that's why I say it's such discipline and, you know, and, and self-restraint when you're playing Christmas music. Well, you've given me a whole new appreciation of Christmas music, and I love Christmas music. <laughs> not just the so. music, not just the music, but an appreciation for the musician yes. who dares to record it. Uh. <laughs> Simply because of the discipline. Simply because of the of the of the discipline that's required. So bravo, Ria, and and to everyone who was a part of the project. Honestly, we we are gushing about it that it's well deserved. Thank you very much, and and um, you know it would be remiss of me not to at least give mention to Scott Weatherhead, um, who was the the recording engineer, and um, Fabian Worrell and uh, Justin Worrell, um, two brothers who came and made sure everything went very smoothly and uh, you know I'm very grateful um, to all 
Well, kudos to all of them. We'd love to have them all on Sea Grapes. <laughs> <laughs> but no, a job really well done. Thank you very much. Thank there, you. There's space there's space in the Sea Grapes backyard. So, you know, if you want to conduct an impromptu performance, then um <laughs> sure the next time. I I'm gonna take you all up on it, you know. Oh, we look forward to it, yes. <laughs> So Rhea, tell us, tell me something. Tell us a little bit about you. You did a Christmas album because it's your favorite time of the year. But tell us something about Christmas itself. You've had Christmases in Saint Lucia, Christmases in Barbados. Do you ever make a comparison? <laughs> uh, actually, I don't. Look, my mom's Bajan and. Um, I think most people know what that means at Christmas time. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I will say wherever um, my family is, that really is home for me. And um, you know, once we're together, that you know, that's the most important thing. Yeah, true. Just being together, being able to, to break bread together, being able to to listen to music and to talk about each other. You know what's going on in each other's lives, yeah. and and just being feeling so connected. Uh, talking about breaking bread together, so what's your favorite Christmas dish? Is it pepper pot? Is it uh, duck? Is it chicken? Is it, oh my goodness! Is it I, I would have pork? to say my mom's home homemade stuffing and baked chicken. Ah, uh, coleslaw. Okay, okay, <laughs> all right. You're giving us a full meal. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else is extra, but for sure the stuffing. Oh my goodness! Okay, all right. That's an art, you know, Carla. You have yes. to know how much of this and how much of that to add to really produce a succulent, moist, well seasoned, well seasoned. Yes. Oh my goodness. And tasty stuffing. <laughs> <laughs> so, Rio, while while your family is breaking bread and enjoying this stuffing, are they playing your album? Well, yeah, we, we we'll probably play it. <laughs> <laughs> We'll play it and, uh, you know, get to sing along and, uh, you know, just spend time together. Sometimes we, with our busy lives, we don't really get to see each other as often as we'd like to. But for sure, Christmas is the one time where everybody just comes together and just fellowships and, you know, we have a nice meal and bond. Yeah, Christmas is that that great time of year. And I guess with your family being in Barbados and St. Lucia, do they are do they have the opportunity to come to your live performances? Oh yeah, certainly. Um, my I, I'm very very grateful to have um, very supportive um, siblings, and my mom in particular. She's you know very she's very much there for me. She comes, she attends. My dad as well. You know he'll wish me well. Um, he lives in St. Lucia. But um, I've been fortunate in that I've never had parents who felt, well, you know, you should do this particular career or take this particular path. They've always been very supportive. If you want to play piano, if you want to play, play music, then that's what you should do. And I've just been so grateful for that love and support. Excellent. Excellent. Now we come on to another side of Christmas. Your favorite drink. <laughs> is, is it is it perhaps sorrel or ginger beer? Sorrel, hands down. Sorrel. Oh, okay, all right, all right. Good choice, good choice. Notice, Ria, you can't you can't come on the Sea Grapes podcast and not talk about food. So we're mixing <laughs> all, all all the all the great Caribbean things: music, food. Um, <laughs> no particular emphasis on either one. And Christmas cake. Ooh. 
Well, then we're talking about dessert now. If her mother makes a great stuffing, I'm sure the cake is equally memorable. Indeed, she's a great baker. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess if we can, um, just another question with regards to music and music in the region. Having done, uh, produced a Christmas album from the Caribbean, I mean, what what are your thoughts on whether it's music in general or whether it's jazz music specifically in the Caribbean and, and the future for it. I mean, the Caribbean is known for producing some fantastic artists that maybe don't always get the global acclaim. Well, what I'll say is that there are a lot of fantastic musicians, um, a lot of great music out there, a lot of wonderful fusions and collaborations. And I think with uh, social media now and in the digital era, we really have no excuse in terms of, you know, we don't need record companies uh, necessarily putting money or investing in us. We can do that ourselves. We can go out there and uh, put our music online, make sure it's available, and uh, we can also increase our visibility and our sound profiles. I think, as you say, one of the big challenges musicians have opportunities. Mm. You know, we need to be able to not just make opportunities for others, but for ourselves. And, uh, you know, don't just sit down and wait for someone to come and offer us a gig. We can, we have, we, we have, we have enough talent. We have enough knowledge. We have enough resources that we can pull together, you know, and start making our own projects and working on them and collaborating. So I think it's really a matter of just opportunity, creating opportunities for ourselves. Don't sit down and wait for opportunities. They're not, they're not going to drop in your laps, you know, so, it's just really about hard work and, and how determined you are, how much you want it. Yeah. I think that's a great call to action because you're right. There is some wonderful music out there. Sorry. And there's another side of the coin. And that is we're living at a time where we have shrinking economies. And there's going to be a massive difficulty in sustaining all the various sectors that make up an economy. And I, for one, am wondering how can we go about exporting our music, exporting our musicians, of course bringing them back home as well, but making them more viable by expanding the market, by going outside of the region. First thing, the, the product needs to be there. Um, sometimes the music, it, it makes sense if the music is indigenous to the region. Um, but I think we need to really do research and see what's working out there and, and, and what makes sense out there. Um, sometimes it's also good to partner with um, other persons, whether it's in different countries. Um, it could be uh, persons who, who don't speak the same language that we do. I mean, uni music is universal. It, it's global. And it's a language that everybody understands. Um, so I think we need to think about creating strategic partnerships. I think we need to um, collaborate where possible with uh, government agencies, but also with private partnerships. I think that's really well said. You said when music is a universal language, so sky's the limit. Sometimes, too, yeah, um, you know, sometimes don't just try to attack the same market. There's so many different markets out there that, you know, your music, you can craft or create a niche market, yeah, and just target that group. 
So then based on that, what comes next for you? You've done a Christmas album. What, what, I mean, obviously we've, you know, as we, I guess we touched on earlier in this conversation in terms of it has been a challenging period with the pandemic and, you know, entertainment and live performances globally. But what comes next for Rhea Drake's? Well, definitely I'm hoping to be able to do some more recordings. Original material, I think it's important as well that we record our stuff. You know, it's it's good to play other people's music, but I've always found it very interesting that we can create our own stuff, whether it means we perform our own music, we put it in print material, it can be taught in schools, it can be performed elsewhere and exported. But I think there's, there's benefit and wisdom in recording our own music and uh, exporting it. I support that. I support that 100%. Because the creativity, life in the region, is, is like almost like cooking. Um, we have created cuisine that's second to none. We have created, we have, we have perfected the use of, of the additives, the, the seasonings. We have taken, as in the case of um, Guyana, where they, 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 they had six different nationalities there creating flavors that became unique to Guyana. Having done that, now I expect that our musicians should be able to take the, the same environment and create original music, create their own unique styles and export them. I, I hope that that market is developed, and I hope it's developed fast and it's developed soon. Yeah, I think, too, um, you know, persons are, sometimes we try to do everything that other persons are doing, and they're looking to us, you know, for creativity and to see how we develop what we have. And we do have such extraordinary, um, talented musicians. Um, you know, just going back to Luther, I, I've always been impressed with how he creates. I mean, Luther has such a large body of work, just original material and he's been able to put it in in a tangible form so i think we need to start thinking about putting our music down recording it exporting it and i'm um, sharing it with the world i love that so if we're, as we're sharing your music with the world rio where can listeners find christmas joy your christmas album I'll tell you something. It should be on all streaming platforms. <laughs> <laughs> Notice you said should be. <laughs> um, and the hope is that, um, you know, we continue to embrace music. We continue to support our artists. We continue to um, support just the creative arts sector. You know, it's taken a beating in the, in the last um, couple of years, but... I think it's resilient. Our musicians are resilient. Caribbean people are resilient people. And uh, this too shall pass. This too shall pass. I agree with you. And, and how do you... When you're suggesting that it should be on all the streaming platforms, that causes me some concern. And the concern here is piracy. And people reproducing or playing your music without paying the relevant royalty. That has to be a developing and growing problem. Yeah, well, there are some things that are uh, 
that can be challenging in terms of regulation, but um, most legitimate streaming platforms do um, offer royalties and they do make the payments. So I, I would suggest persons make <laughs> okay. conduct their the, the relevant research uh, before they just put their music out there. Mm. That is good to know that. And in terms of live performances, Rhea, what, what, obviously I know we're, you know, we've been restricted in terms of capacity limits with entertainment venues across the world, really. But do you have plans for 2022 in terms of live performances? Most definitely. And uh, <laughs> they, they, sh they shall be revealed in, in, in short order. Okay. Um, okay. I, I think we just need to get over this hurdle um, before we can really start <laughs> doing uh creating and performing like we used to and uh you know getting out there but hopefully we can get over this hurdle and as you said the restrictions will allow us to be able to perform and 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 do so in a way that makes financial sense yeah yeah because it costs a lot of money to put on events and um anybody promoters you want to be able to recoup um, you know something from all your hard work and uh, the effort that you put in no, it's true. And, and we can only hope because I've, I've had the opportunity to hear you live. And honestly, I would encourage anyone if they have the opportunity to come out and listen, because it is a wonderful experience. No, You're you truly so much, very, very, very talented. And I think I, I, I definitely echo Lionel's sentiment in terms of, you know, your album for Christmas. It's amazing. And Christmas is my favorite time of the year as well. So I look forward to what you have coming next. Thank you very much. And I'm very humbled again to, to be here and to be part of uh, uh, the Sea Grapes podcast. I mean, you guys are doing a fantastic job and uh, just keep it up. Keep up the great work. Oh, thank you so much. So Christmas joy. And I will say that after the last, you know, two years that we've all had, Christmas joy definitely will bring some joy. So everyone should take a listen. Thank you. If you... <laughs> Thank you for having me, Carla. I mean, you know, when, when you gave the invitation, I was like, okay, sure, you know, and um, I'm happy to be able to, to be part of it. Oh, gosh, Ria, honestly, it, it really has, has meant so much. I mean, honestly, my, my dad was just, he was totally blown away with your album. As, it, as I explained to you, this kind of, you know, it's become a passion project for us, and we are beyond thrilled that you said yes. I, it's, it's my absolute honor and, and pleasure to do it. And, you know, I'm happy you asked, and uh, as I said, I'll come back. Definitely. Please, please do. And have some more delicious tea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Well, the, the next time we'll have a conversation over tea. Yes, yes, I like that. Yeah, yes. That's, that's an idea, Carla. We, yes, we really tea, time, tea, tea time with Rhea to discuss your next project. There you go. That's the next episode, Tea Time with Rhea. Rhea and guests. <laughs> and guess <I> like <laughs> okay so yeah, we, we've yes. got a date then we do thank you very much thank you and you too be safe and uh, all the best to you out there okay thanks so much and same to you okay thank you all right thank you bye bye